This episode of YXC Underground is sponsored by Ron V Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford. If you're looking for someone to manage your money, you should meet Rob Romby. Probably ready? Oh yeah. Working a uh, fried chicken sandwich, beef tartare, sourdough. Picking up table one, flank medium, nokiad fried chicken, pass that mushrooms, pasta add fried chicken. I just don't want to work any other way. So I'd say if we're not working in a, a room full of positivity, I don't want to be around that. That's just, that's not fun. Hello, my name is Eric Anderson, and welcome to Episode 5, Season 3 of YXC Underground, and more specifically, welcome inside the kitchen at Saskatoon's Old Love Restaurant and Market. Ola's head chef is Scott Dix. Since March of last year, Scotty and his team have had to adjust, react, pivot and change more times than he can count due to COVID-19. Running a restaurant is challenging at the best of times. How do you keep the doors open and the kitchen running in the midst of a global pandemic? We find out in this episode of YXC Underground. If Scotty's name sounds familiar, it's because he was a guest on the podcast back in season one. We featured Scotty because he was playing such an influential role in the growth of Saskatoon's culinary scene and specifically the movement to teach people where their food was coming from. Scotty was teaching culinary classes at the local kitchen, was running his own catering company and was consulting with local restaurants and pubs on how to develop and grow their menus. At the end of the episode, Scotty let us know that he was ready to get back in the kitchen and was excited to open a new restaurant called Oldla. Since we last spoke, Oldla has become an exciting new player in Saskatoon's food scene that prides itself on preparing and serving food raised and grown locally. So we're plating our gnocchi right now. It's uh, based on thinking about borscht. So we have creme fraiche with cream cheese and dill. Uh, dill gnocchi, sautéed cabbage, pickled red onions, a uh, root veg sofrito, fermented beets, some hickory sticks with dill salt, and then finished with a fresh grated horseradish. Scotty, there's so much prep in this. Lots. <laughs> All day, every day. And now you get to do it with a mask. Yeah, exactly. The mask isn't too bad. If it's busy and I gotta talk a lot, I find myself getting really hot underneath, just from my own breath. But uh, I'm also not working down on the grill and it gets really hot down there. But everybody here is real nice, no complainers. The restaurant was really hitting its stride, as you'll hear Scotty describe in our conversation, when the pandemic reached Saskatoon. Like all restaurants in the city, Oldla quickly had to adapt to a new reality, one dominated by COVID-19. Yeah, time kind of slowed down then, right? Like every day kind of seemed like its own whole month of, of things. But yeah, so we were, the Friday I think was the day that we realized that the weekend wouldn't be what we hoped it would be. This is Lacey Selinger, Oldla's co-owner and sommelier. And then by Monday, it was pretty much tumbleweeds and crickets around here. And I think that was the day that um, we got the big announcement. Um, and uh, yeah, so we had already had a, we had a meeting with uh, our other partner who's our, our farmer who raises all of our, our proteins here and uh, kind of said, well, either way, we're gonna close. Like we're, this is silly and we don't wanna be the reason people are not safe. So uh, if that's 
uh, if that's the way it's going to go, then then we'll shut down. So we spent our Tuesday, which we're usually closed anyways, we spent our Tuesday creating an online store. And uh, and then Wednesday, we're back at it in a whole new way. Okay, so you, you say like, well, Tuesday, I created an online store, but like, that wasn't on your to-do list, was it? It wasn't, but you know, why not? Yeah. And if only that was the last thing we've had to create since this has all happened. I must admit that going into our conversation, I was expecting a lot more doom and gloom from Scotty in terms of how hard this last year has been and the uncertainty that lies ahead. Instead, what you are about to hear is a really fascinating discussion, I think, about the importance of strong leadership and framing challenges in the right way to get through tough times, which I think are lessons that can be applied to anyone here in Saskatoon. I met with Scotty before the supper rush last week and started by asking what was happening at Oldla just before the pandemic began in Saskatoon. We really felt like we were just on the cusp of dialing it in. You know, it was like obviously in our first, well, I guess that would have been a year and a bit. Um, you know, obviously our labor was high and our costs were a little bit high and, you know, we were going through some staff changeover and redefining systems constantly. But around before the pandemic hit and the first shutdown happened, you know, Lacey and I, we'd had a meeting with the, either our co-owners or the accountants, and we were really starting to dial everything in, and we were getting, you know, really excited about the prospect of, you know, we're going to go into the summer, we're going to be organized, and our costs will be in line, and then we can be, a, you know, a, a proper, profitable restaurant. And then, you know, as we were kind of having that conversation within a week or two, obviously, a huge curveball comes our way. So uh, yeah, I remember a lot of optimism. I remember feeling like we're going into this summer strong and we were really, really pumped about it. And our, our team was great. And, you know, we finally had a good gauge on a little bit better work-life balance for ourselves and just knowing, you know, how do we maximize what we do when we're in the restaurants. And so, yeah, for me, definitely a lot of optimism. Did, did you have any work-life balance for the first year? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not really. No, no, not really. Lots of lots of work, and you try to fit life in when you can. Yeah, um, yeah obviously that first year is, is super tough because there's a lot to there's a lot to organize, and it's not just like making a decision and then decision is done. It's making the decision and then implementing that decision and then following up and following up until it's basically in like the the lifeblood of the restaurant. And so anytime you create a system, it takes time for that to go smoothly. I guess. Okay. Yeah. So then you're, you're just about to hit the stride and then Juno and especially Juno weekend too. And it would have been so busy yeah. at the restaurant. Um, what, what were, what were your, your initial thoughts then when the pandemic hits, like what's going through your head? Uh, what the fuck <laughs> was the number one for sure. And it's like at first, not necessarily, um, selfishly about the restaurant but just in general like what is even going on and then obviously you go into self-preservation after that okay what are we going to do and you know we made some quick decisions really fast on okay so let's you know we're going to have to lay off all of our staff and make sure that they're taken care of properly so we're here to answer any questions on how they get their I, it was serb at the moment so make sure everybody gets their serb and make sure you know everybody's taken care of and how how far can we skinny down our labor and see what happens and then so we skinned it all the way down and we changed our menus and we did, you know, revamp the market and Lacey built the market websites and all that. And then we just kind of kept scaling it up and scaling it up. And then once we got, you know, a little bit more action, we were able to bring somebody else on. And, you know, we went, I don't even know how long, maybe two months without a dishwasher. And so then, we, you know, we were able to bring a dishwasher in for one or two days a week to help us close down and, and just kind of worked up from there. Okay, so there, there's lots of things I want to pick apart from that 
that answer because um, let, let's start with the staff because obviously like I'm assuming you had some hard decisions and some hard conversations you had to have like what what how, how did you approach those Scotty uh, well honestly the first one the conversations weren't that hard because it was government mandated so I mean there's nothing we could do um, so it wasn't necessarily hard I, you know not guilt but obviously felt really bad you know we, we care for our staff a lot and you know they all do great work for us so it was tough conversation to have but it was not necessarily a hard conversation because everybody was doing it you know and the government had implemented systems for everybody to be able to get quick money so they weren't kind of missing out on a week or two of pay so yeah the second one was harder because we had to pick and choose a little bit more so that was a little bit tougher but the first one yeah that wasn't really all that everybody was very understanding and you know Actually, maybe the hardest part was going through the second time when we had to re-kind of lay off some people is everybody just took it so well. And everybody just said, I understand, no problem. And that was the hardest part <laughs> because everybody, because, you know, you're having to lay off a few or I guess maybe a dozen people and they're all super cool with it because they get it. And, you know, that was tough because, you know, you have really good people and you're not going to see them on a regular basis. You're not going to be in the trenches with them and doing what we love to do. Yeah. Would it have been easier if, had they been like just angry with you almost? Like, uh, I did say that. It's like it would have been it would have been a lot easier if they were mad yeah. <laughs> because then I wouldn't feel so bad about yeah. it. But um, yeah, no. It's I mean we're blessed with the beautiful staff and a great culture created not only by Lacey and myself but by everybody else who's here. For anybody new coming in, everybody you know really it's not even falls in line. They just um, believe in the the ethos that we do, and it's yeah, it's great. Second thing I want to uh, ask you, based on your your answer, is the menu. So you you go from you know you're you're having lots of people in the restaurant, and and your your menu is is so dynamic, and then all of a sudden you can't have people here. And Lacey builds a website in one day, and like how how did you go about then changing what you what you make in your kitchen? Uh. Well, we went down as skinny as we can, and we just went with uh, crowd pleasers. That was the biggest thing, because we didn't know what to expect, so we kept the burger and the chicken sandwich. We kind of leaned into more of a lunch vibe than a dinner vibe, and then you know our thoughts were, well, the dinner would come from the market so that you can pick up your groceries in the market, and then people, because everybody's at home, everybody will be cooking more at home. So we leaned into more of the all-day lunch side, and then just kind of went from there, and just kind of, you know, a lot of ideas have passed through and we've tried a lot of things and some things stick and some things don't. Um, but for a while there, yeah, we were definitely just leaning onto that, you know, when the sun's out, this is what people want. And if they want things for at home for dinner, then we have the market to supplement that. What, what were some of the ideas that, um, that maybe didn't stick that, that you thought, oh, this will work. And then it's like, nope, moving on to something else. Oh my God. You know, nothing crashed and burned. Okay. Nothing crashed and burned because um, we've had to reinvent so many times with different restrictions and reopening and closing. And um, so, if anything kind of fell off what we were doing before, it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily working. It just wasn't what we needed at that time. So I don't feel like anything really crashed and burned. Uh, I don't think we really leaned into any bad ideas. Um, some things were harder on the kitchen than others, so we would kind of scale that back if it was really, you know. Uh, killing us as far as prep wise goes and because we were sh- so small staff for a while um it was grinding pretty hard uh, like had you had you prepared food like in 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 a kitchen like in in your career um that was geared more for like takeout as opposed to what you would have in a in a 
you know, in a restaurant like here? Like, had, had you done that before? Could you lean into that experience a bit? Or was this totally new for you? Brand new. Yeah, never done that before. <laughs> never done that before. Was that scary? Uh, no, it wasn't really scary. I don't know. It's just day at the office you know and some days you just do different stuff than two other days so okay like I guess the key is to it's like you know obviously from Lace and I we really try to set a good example of the proper attitude so if I'm complaining about what we're doing then everybody's going to complain what I'm, about what we're doing so you just find a way to like it and you just enjoy it See, and I, I find that so interesting because um, I know in, in my day job at, at Sherbrooke, I, I so admire all, all of our, our managers and our, and our nurses, like our, our, our leaders in our community because they do set such a good example. But there, there are really hard days. Um, and I'm wondering, like, have you, have you always kind of seen yourself, Scotty, as, as a leader here? And then how, how important was it to set that example? Uh... Well, definitely, always seen myself as a leader. Obviously, being in you know chef in the kitchen and on the pass, but I just don't want to work any other way. So I'd say if we're not working in a, a room full of positivity, I don't want to be around that. That's just that's not fun. And we really want to. Yeah, we feel that food made with love tastes a lot better. And so if there's you know whatever positivity and love in the air, then everybody's working towards a common goal for the right reasons. So you're making something really nice because you want people to enjoy it, not because you don't want to get yelled at. And that's just not what we do here. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering what you learn or what, and what you continue to learn about um, people in Saskatoon and, and their eating habits throughout the pandemic. Because like you said, like you're, you're having to, ch- you've had to change so much throughout, you know, I think in the summertime when the, when the patio was just rocking, but then like you said too, you've got the market side of here so that people can come and get their pre, you know, pre-made food. And I've put your lasagna in our kitchen oven and an hour later, it's like I'm eating at Ola. But like, what, what have you learned about people's eating habits throughout all this? Well, it does seem in the last year that people are taking more of a local focus on uh, you know where their food's coming from and really trying to support their I guess their their peers in the community which which uh, obviously we appreciate a lot and all of our contemporaries also gonna feel that so we definitely felt a lot of love from people trying to support us as much as possible um, I always felt that the Saskatoon diner was uh, highly underappreciated I feel like when I first moved here there wasn't quite the respect for the diners that they deserved a lot more respect than they got um, and I, you know, maybe it's part because you know, Saskatoon has such a, you know, large amount of chain restaurants and fast food restaurants per capita, but people here really support local restaurants and they really support their peers and their friends. And if anything, it just kind of put a more of a magnifying glass on it because people were just talking about it a lot more. And so, yeah, I feel like it was a little bit of more of the same and just picked up a little bit more traction. And hopefully that stays in people's lives where they'll look for a local restaurant or a local market before they go to a big box store. Have you have you seen have you seen a lot of new faces? E- even if they're just popping in to, to grab food and, and go home or pop into the market, have you seen new faces? Well, definitely from before shutdown, yeah. I don't recognize nearly as many people in the restaurant. But uh, I also don't spend a ton of time out in the restaurant, so I wouldn't be the right one to answer that so much. <laughs> um, you you mentioned your your peers here in in the city, and um, I, I'm wondering what 
what this experience has been like in terms of being part of of the city's culinary scene and and because it, it is it is so celebrated and i think it's it's being recognized not only within the province but i think the country as well because there's just so many there's so many great restaurants um but what what has it been like you know being in the trenches with with you know places like you know hearth or primal or a couple well it's been great and we have you know some we have constant contact with a lot of the other local restaurants and just if we're just being on the same page for the first shutdown you know when before Trudeau had his announcement, you know, we were talking to Andy and Thane and Beth and Adrian and Christy and Kyle, and it's like we were gonna make sure everybody's on the same page. And we stay in contact. Andy's coming in for dinner tonight, which is lovely. Um, and just yeah, if, you know, if you need to vent or if you have any questions or you need advice, like everybody's always reaching out to everybody else, which is really great. Is that unique in a restaurant scene? Uh, yeah. Well. I don't know. I would I would feel it's a little bit more unique here because it's such a small center. I know growing up as a cook in Vancouver, there was a lot of camaraderie, but it was more so the camaraderie of the cooks working in different restaurants. Um, but I never owned or ran a restaurant in Vancouver, so I didn't know what that angle of it was like. But I have noticed being in Saskatoon that small business owners really gravitate towards each other. And it's not just in the food industry. It's just any small business owner um, locally. They really all want to help each other out and you know give advice and take advice and it's yeah it's a very it's a very satisfying community to be in because it feels like you know if you're having an off day and you need some advice I can text Sean from Nine Mile and you know he's got some good words for me or if you know Andy has a question he'll send something my way and we can have a little back and forth that that's something I've always admired about you and I remember from the first time that we um, spoke on the podcast just how how open you are to collaboration and how you want to help everyone within the community because you're you're all pulling in the same direction um and it just seems like the the pandemic has sort of amplified that a bit absolutely yeah yeah and it's just you know it's one more reason for everybody to be on the same side and you know and i think we probably talked about this in the first one but you know when odd couple is busy Odla is going to be busy you know what i mean we're we're all in the same group and you know if we all do a good job then they're everybody's going to tell their friends and tell their their relatives you know try this local restaurant try that local restaurant and if people are in our restaurant or somebody's at the odd couple they'll recommend other restaurants for you know tourists who are in town yeah so it's a beautiful community to be a part of um may i ask you about restrictions um and and how how challenging that can be at times when you when because I know, again, speaking from my day job at at a long-term care home, we, we, you know, in the summertime, for example, we were sort of in a rhythm in terms of, you know, um, visitation coming, you know, um, families coming to visit our residents there, and then, and then something will change, and we've sort of got to, I know the work, it's used so way too much in terms of pivot, but we've had to pivot. We've had to change, um, but I'm, like, there, there's been so many changes that you've had to go through. What, what has that been like from your perspective? Uh, obviously frustrating at times, but, you know, at the same side, it's, it's, it can be exciting. Like we've done some, you know, I felt like we came out of the first shutdown as strong as we've ever been. And I felt like the food that we were putting on the plates when we reopened and had the patio going, that was the best food that we had done. So it did Why do you say that? Uh, well, I mean, it definitely was, but I don't know why it was necessarily. I don't know why. I just felt like we came out super strong, you know, maybe partly because we had 
skinning the team down so it was a little bit easier to get a singular vision in line and also we were just getting more used to the product and more used to our organization our inventory and you know getting more in because we have systems in place we were able to experiment a little bit more and be a little bit more picky on what we were doing and yeah I felt like we came out super strong and we've been kind of riding that as we go along so you know at the time if we have to pivot or change it can be a little frustrating and annoying. It's like, oh my god, again. But um, you get a couple, yeah, and exhausting. But you get a couple of days into it, and you don't even notice. It's just another day at the office, and we try to do the best that we can, and you know, have some fun and do something interesting, and still make a profit and keep people happy. Um, as, as a as a leader, I'm, I'm so interested in um, how you communicate. Um, you know, sort sort of the changes that are happening um, in the restaurant, but then to keep to keep those spirits up when when there's changes and and you you get into that rhythm and all of a sudden we've got to we've got to shift gears a bit how how do you how do you go about communicating that scott um when somebody starts i just go up to them and i give them the quick rundown it's like okay we're not doing this we're doing this now we're not doing this we're doing this now we're going to start doing this tomorrow and they say yes and we do it <laughs> that's about as that's about as far as it goes and then obviously myself and brian and and Dustin kind of oversee and just make sure everybody's on the same page. But, you know, nothing goes to the customer without it going in front of myself or Brian. So as long as Brian and I are on the same page, which we always are, it always works out. How, how excited are you to, like, get back to, get back to normal? Or is there, and I, and, and I wanted to ask you about this too, like, um, has the pandemic sort of changed how how the restaurant business is, is going to be and, and especially a, a a restaurant like yours where it's the it's it's an experience coming here like it's not just I, I come in and I scarf down my food and I go home like it's it's a really wonderful experience coming here um, how how do you think it might change uh, I don't know yet I don't know yet I guess that's one of those things we'll wait and see and we'll just deal with it as it happens um, I do feel like, well, I guess I don't really necessarily know what the normal is, but when, you know, restrictions are lifted and we can have a full restaurant again, you know, if that's this summer, I feel like it'll be a busy summer and people will be ready for that. And yeah, I, as far as like what we're putting on a plate, um, I don't think that's really affected too much about that. Like we really stick to our local ethos anyway, so we're not really changing that at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a wait and see. I, I try not to get too far ahead because we've got so much stuff to focus on in the next couple of days. It's like, well, let's get through the weekend and then we'll reassess. And we just reassess every week and see what we're doing and or what we're not doing. You mentioned off the top that that, that first year their uh, the work-life balance was mostly work. Um, have, have you have you been able to find a, a bit of a balance throughout all this? Uh, well... <laughs> I'm working less hours now than I did a year ago, for sure. Um, the balance is different because it changes a lot, you know what I mean? Like, you know, for a while there, we were closing the kitchen at 7 or 8, you know, during like the first shutdown, so obviously I was getting home a little bit earlier, but now I come in a little bit later than I used to, and finding a better balance, still not quite there, but, you know, improving as much as I can. When you do have those hard days or stressful days, how, how do you how do you cope with it? Like I I just get the sense, Scotty, that like things just wash off your back. But I don't know if that's if that like do you do you take some things home with you? Do you like oh that was a day or how how do you deal with tough uh, days? Very rarely do I take it home, and if I do, I get in the door, it's like oh my god that was a day, and then I'm that's fine. That's all I need. 
and then that's good. Just yeah, that's it, and then yeah. <laughs> on like, to the next one. It's like you were made for this, Scotty. Come on. <laughs> um, what what have you learned about yourself throughout all all this? And I, I know that's that's a big question, but um, as someone who frequents your restaurant often, it's it's been really so interesting to see how you guys have have all coped with and and changed throughout these like nine ten months and and how you'll continue to do that but i'm I'm wondering if you've learned anything about yourself um i guess i'm i'm happy with how we were able to pivot quickly and not complain about it too much obviously there's a a little bit of complaining but we were just able to just focus on the task at hand and not get too caught up in what's upsetting us and just more worry about what we need to do and uh that was i guess easier than expected um but uh yeah no, i was definitely happy with that i guess proud of that you're listening to episode five season three of yxc underground my name is eric anderson and our guest is head chef and co-owner of old la restaurant and market scotty Dix. Subscribe for free to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also stream YXE Underground on Spotify or at yxeunderground.com, and that's where you can find every single episode of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that's where you can see some wonderful photos of Scotty and his team in action, taken by Saskatoon photographer Darby Sutherland. A big thanks to Rob Romby and his team at Romby Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford, that's a mouthful for sponsoring this episode if you know of someone who is making a difference here in Saskatoon but is flying under the radar please let me know there's a nomination form on the website or you can email me directly at ericandersonyxc at gmail.com One of the coolest things I've done for the podcast is spending an hour in Scotty's kitchen gathering sound. It was a thrilling experience. I I had no idea how busy the kitchen could be or how hot it could feel. And it was so clear that Scotty is loving being back in the kitchen. I think one of the challenges for local restaurants throughout the pandemic has been trying to figure out what consumers are wanting. Is it takeout or food that they can prepare at home? How many people do they feel comfortable coming into their spaces to enjoy a meal? These are questions that Lacey Selinger joined in to discuss with Scotty and I. And after you hear her thoughts, you are going to hear me ask some very nerdy kitchen questions to Scotty based on my time in his kitchen. And what I love are that his answers reflect his leadership style that you just heard in the first part of our conversation. I love it when things come together like this. You asked a really good question about... um just about like how has the customer changed and then you had a great answer which was like people care about local maybe and care about supporting yeah. which was probably better but the like even before you asked that I was thinking that an interesting thing is how the customer themselves has changed yeah. so much right like as they go through their pandemic experience yeah. right like how in the beginning you know grocery stores were scary and overrun and you know so people wanted People wanted eggs and flour and yeast. You know, we sold more yeast than like ever, I would have ever hoped to. Or <laughs> we were selling more yeast than we were using. Yeah. Yeah. Because you we know. were the only because we have our supplier where we can get yeast, and people just the grocery stores were out of yeast, so we were just selling yeast by the 50 grams. Crazy. Yeah. yeah nonstop. You know, and yeah. then and then moving to you know then as summer came, you know people felt a little better kind of coming in. So kind of that online thing, those kind of grocery items kind of dropped right off and then now I think people are more more interested in in takeout 
uh, and in a takeout experience, you know, that can kind of be replicating a, a dine-in experience if they're no longer comfortable dining in something, but, you know, something that's ready-made for them yeah. and, you know, hot and ready and, but, you know, it has a package. And I said, they're, they're savvy now, you know, like they've been, they've been doing this for a while now, right? People yeah. have been. And so they, they know, they know their favorites and they know, you know, and so that's another challenge for us too, is coming up with, um, with something every week, something exciting and new that people can, can, can get, get jazzed about, you know, going out and to get, to take home. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a moving target, you know, as, as people progress, as we all progress through this strangeness that is this pandemic, cool. you know, it's, it's, it's always changing what people exactly are are needing and wanting at that moment in their, in their pandemic. It's not even changing the guests really, but the guest is changing. So yeah. it's maybe the same person, but that person in March has a much different lifestyle coming into January. And we've seen that with our, you know, our Thanksgiving and our New Year's to go specials, like people buy it up. They love it, which is great. Great for us and great for them. Geeky kitchen questions. Um, I, uh, I, I was lucky enough to spend an hour, like about an hour in your kitchen last Saturday, and it was absolutely fascinating and thrilling. And you I, drank a lot of vinegar. And I drank, oh, I did, I did drink a lot of different <laughs> types of vinegar. So and, and I called my mom when I got home, and I said, I just had so much fun in Scotty's kitchen, and Lacey took care of me, and it was great. Um, can you explain to listeners, and mostly to me, um, what is the pass? Uh, so the pass is where the pass is different in, you know, slightly different in every restaurant, but it's basically, that's where all the food gets plated or a majority of the food gets plated. And that's where for us specifically, the pass is where myself or Brian is. So we call the bills, we organize all the chits, we organize all the tables, we call and pick up all the food to the cooks online and then all the food comes to us in pans or containers and we put it all in place through the finishing touches last double check portion control tasting things like that and then we expedite through to the front house okay um again lots to pick apart there what a couple of things i noticed one like you you are you're yelling out the orders to your to your chefs um but it's it's a it's loud in your kitchen like there's lots happening what if what if you know one of your colleagues doesn't hear it right, and instead of hearing, um, you know, chicken sandwich, hears something else? Like, what what does that happen sometimes? Like, how do you ensure that doesn't happen? Uh, it definitely does happen, and people forget things because there is a lot of chatter going on and a lot of different things. But um, we do we double check a lot. Okay. So. Anything that, you know, as far as, say, a bill comes in and it's got six items on it, maybe only one or two of those items is going to take longer than five minutes. So those are double checks. So say, like, for example, black and chicken's on the menu right now. So that's one we want because it takes about 15 minutes for a piece of black and chicken. So as soon as it comes in, we get started on that, and then we rest it and finish it off when they pick up for their entrees. Um, so it's just a double check. So as I'm doing the pass, I'll call out a new black and chicken to five on pans. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, it's always like, friendly reminder, black and chicken. And so it's just always reminder. And then they do have a bill in front of them also. But if they're really buried and super busy, they don't really look at the bill so much. So it's up to myself or Brian to um, just always have eyes on everything and just double checking what everybody's doing and making sure they're on the right track. And uh, just, yeah, we call them friendly reminders. And so, because it is easy, you know, if you're picking up 
three gnocchis, four chicken sandwiches, two cheeseburgers, and a steak, you don't really have time to start a black and chicken. So you'll do it. Okay, once I'm done this, I'll do that. So we just, nice gentle reminders, just make sure the flow is still there and everything is going when it needs to be going. And then when we do pickups, you know, we'll call out the pickup and they have the bill and they get it started. And then we'll do a recall two or three minutes later just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And uh, a lot of it too, it's like, because you don't want to have too much unnecessary talking going on back there. So I can just look at what anybody's doing and see if they're on the right track. So I can just look down at the grill. It's like, oh yeah, they're good. I can look down in Garmage, see what plates they have down. Okay, they got a fritter and a beet carpaccio going. I can see, you know, they're finishing it. So I don't need to call down to say, hey, are you doing a fritter? I can see that you're doing a fritter. So it's a lot of it too is just, just keeping eyes on everything as much as possible. Um, another thing I noticed too was um, you, you talked about portion control, and so there was um, one of your chefs um, brought you. I think it was it was um, it was a, a pork ragu. I think it was, and no 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 it was. I think it was a gnocchi. It was some sort of pasta, and and you took you you didn't just like if I would have been you, I just would have dumped the whole pan on the plate, and but you didn't. You took like I would say maybe two thirds or three quarters of it, but you left a little bit in the in the pan. Um, so you're. You're always making sure that it's it's the right amount, hey? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> sometimes that gets really funny, like say, especially for a gnocchi, because all it takes is, you know, if you put four extra pieces of gnocchi in and you put an extra 3% of cabbage, an extra 2% of sofrito, all of a sudden your dish is, you know, 8% too big. So it'll come to the pass and I'll put it on a plate, and if there's literally three pieces of gnocchi and a couple pieces of cabbage, that'll make it look too full or make it look a little sloppy, then... I just don't put it on so it's and you know it's kind of funny because like well you can just put it on there but yeah. no we want to keep it as consistent as possible and you know we really want people to be full when they eat here like we don't want to leave them wanting more food but at the same time you know we do want it to look really nice and it's like you eat with your eyes first and if it's too heaping it just looks like too much of a plate of I don't know, like a buffet line plate. So, you know, there's a there's a sweet balance as much food as we can fit on the plate with making it look clean. And then usually I have a little to-go box on the pass. And if there's three pieces of gnocchi left over or, you know, two tablespoons of grits, I put it in my to-go box. And that's what I eat when I go home. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little scrapple box. It's a pass scrapple box. And, it's, you know, because, I, well, I don't, I'm not going to throw it in the garbage because it's still s- perfectly good. And, yeah, so that's where that ends up. <laughs> Um, thank you for explaining uh, those things. I didn't know about the to-go box. That's really cute, Scotty. Um, but so there, there is, and what dawned on me too is that there is a lot of pressure on you because it's, it's you're you're doing so much, and then I noticed too, like you're you're adding all the all the garments and making it look nice, and and um, you know talk about lots of preparation too. But um, I, I know not not every kitchen does it that way. So why why do you? Why do you prefer this way, Scotty, where, where you're, you're kind of like the final say, the final check and balance? Um, well, there's a few reasons. One is for consistency. And we, like, I, I don't want a plate of food coming over that I haven't really tried anything on. Um, so, obviously, we want to try as much of the food that's coming over. And even if it's just, you know, one little bite of gnocchi or just to double check the seasoning. Is it acidic enough? Is it salty enough? Or is it over-salted? Um, you know, our cooks are really good. And we don't... I, can, can't even really remember the last time I had to send something back. Like, they don't send us food that isn't ready or isn't worthy of, you know, going onto a plate. If something's messed up, they'll just let me know. I mess that up. It'll be an extra three minutes. Um, 
Uh, sorry, what was the question again? No, um, um, do you, why, why do you oh, do it this yeah. way? Yeah. Um, so one is for the consistency coming yeah. off the pass, and it's just it goes down to it's just myself or Brian, so it's going to be very, very consistent because we're the only ones really seeing it as it goes out. Um, another one, too, is I really wanted the pass station or my station to be as hard as everybody else's stations. So I didn't want to be guy at the pass barking at everybody to get all the food done while I'm just standing there organizing bills. So I wanted to be, if they're in the shit, I want to be in the shit with them. So if they're busy, I'm busy too. And then just, it really forces everybody to work together a little bit more. And you don't have just one guy at the end barking at everybody because that can only really work well for so long. And then after a while, it just doesn't work as well. So if you're in it with them all the time, then it's more of a team effort to get it all, get it all out as opposed to you know, somebody getting buried on pans and everybody just waiting for him, like everybody jumps in. And that's what's really good about our staff too is everybody's fantastic about keeping their eyes open and just helping somebody out. If, you know, the pan's getting too hot or something's left on the grill, anybody will come over and make sure it's happening. And, you know, in some kitchens, not so much, I don't know, maybe it was more in the early 2000s when I was, you know, growing up in kitchens, um, people didn't like other people touching your stations. Like, you know, if, if you're burning something, they didn't want somebody coming over and helping you out, but that's not what we do here. It's like if something's, if you need the help, somebody will help and nobody says anything. And that's just lots of thank yous, which is really good. Another thing I noticed about your kitchen, um, it it's hot. It's re- It gets really warm in there, Scotty. And and so how do you, uh, how do you, especially, you know, on a, on a busy summer night in there, like how do you, how do you survive that? The summer nights are tough. Like that's, you know, you get that July, August where it's 30 degrees for a few days. It is crazy hot in there, especially we have that big window and a lot of sun comes in. So it's like at that 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock when it's really busy, it's, it's pretty impressive. But uh, just drink your water. Everybody drinks their waters. And, uh, we, you know, somebody's always getting water for somebody and making sure everybody's got a glass of ice water. And if anybody needs an air break, you know, just get outside to get some fresh air, then... You know, it's never a no. You know, if you need if you need to take five, you go take five and you regroup yourself and you just power through, I guess. And a lot of it too, it's, you know, if I'm complaining about the heat, everybody will complain. If I'm not complaining, just people don't complain as much. So, and try to not be too negative about it. So even if it is hot, it's not a complaint about it's hot, it's just talking about it. You know, it's just little things like that just to help the overall vibe. And everybody's, again, everybody's in it together. So it's uh, not like just the one person's hot. We're all hot. Let's just have a good time, have a drink at the end, and yeah. Um, and la- la- last question for you, because I know you're busy and you got to get back to your kitchen. Um, it was so fun to watch you in your element, and like you were, you were when I was there. You were, I thought you were very busy, and your and your team was busy, but you could tell like you were just you were having so much fun. And I remember when we spoke a couple years ago, you were so you were so excited to to get back into into this game and get back and to have your own kitchen. Um, how how much how much fun is this that you're back in your own in your own kitchen? Oh, it's a blast! Like doing the pass is the best. That's the funnest thing in the world. So much fun, especially when everything goes well and most services go very well here. Um, we haven't had a bad service in a long, long time. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. So it's a blast. Brian and I were talking about it after we came off of our Christmas break because we we were closed for about a week at Christmas. And uh, deep joy for being in the kitchen on that first day back. I guess it would have been the Wednesday. And 
you know, bills are coming in and you just got a bunch of people that are just doing the job that needs to get done and there's not like a ton of questions and nobody's flagging you down as you walk through. Everybody just knows what they need to do and they know how they need to do it. And yeah, it's 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 very uh, very satisfying, very rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. And you know, it's nice to get the adrenaline. We had a um, on Monday training uh, a new girl on Garmanger, so on our cold apps, and she's never cooked online before. You know, she's a dishwasher for the last uh, six to eight months, and. Uh, so we did service together. It was pretty slow on Monday, so it was just me and her, and then Lacey was helping out on the pass. And uh, near the end of it, she's like, oh, that was, that was really stressful. And it's like, well, you take that stress and you turn it into adrenaline. It's just a great time. So it's like, you know, don't think of it as stressful again. It's like, don't take it as negative. Take it as a positive and just have some fun. And, you know, everybody, you know, we play, we got music going back there. And, you know, we try to keep the pace and keep it nice and fast and prompt. And, yeah, let's have a good time. Um, it's always so much fun chatting with you. Um, I learn lots from you when I, uh, whenever I speak with you. And it was so, I'm, I feel very um, gracious to you that you allowed me into your space for like an hour because it was so much fun to watch you um, do your thing and your, and your team too. So um, best of luck in, in, the, in the rest of, of 2021. And uh, I'm excited to see where things go. So thanks, Scotty. Thank you very much. This has been episode five of season three of YXC Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. If you like what you just heard, feel free to give the podcast a review and a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe for free to YXC Underground on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also stream YXC Underground on Spotify or at yxcunderground.com, and that's where you can find every episode of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that's where you can see some lovely photos of Scotty and his team in action, taken by Saskatoon photographer Darby Sutherland. A big thank you to Darby for coming twice with me to Old Left, once to gather sound, and then once to interview Scotty and Lacey uh, for the podcast. Darby, thank you so much. It was so much fun working with you. Uh, a big thank you to Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for creating the website and making sure it's running smoothly. And a big thank you to Rob Romvi and his team at Romvi Wealth Management Group of RBC Dominion Securities in North Battleford for sponsoring this episode. Rob Romvi is one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. He's just a, a wonderful guy. Um, Rob and his team have been managing my money for, for years, what little money that I have. Um, but Rob is just one of the, the kindest, most genuine people that you will ever meet. And um, I, I, I really like the fact that he sponsored this episode too because Rob loves his food, his fine dining, and um, he, he has excellent taste in food. And so um, he's just a, just a wonderful human being. And uh, I feel very grateful for his support so Rob if you're listening thank you so much to you and your team and uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Rob and his uh, and his and his team uh, you can find them on their website and I don't have the website right now in front of me but just google Rob Romby in North Battleford and it will come up trust me all right next month a brand new episode featuring the amazing team at Ronald McDonald House will drop I'm really excited to share these stories uh, with you it's it's an organization uh, I'm eager to learn more about and so their episode is going to come out on February 11th before I go I would like to acknowledge that these interviews and wonderful kitchen sounds were gathered on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis YXC Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Hello, Eric. I'm just going to get sound of you doing your thing. Yeah, man. Okay. Nobody burn, Eric.
Do not burn Eric. Don't burn Eric. I know, I was like, this is the worst. It just scares. 